Can I say how good it is to be with you this morning? Thanks for your welcome. I've had a chance to just say hello to quite a lot of you already, and uh, that's been really good to, to meet with you. Thanks for the warmth you welcome, and uh, it's a great privilege to be here my first time at Ferndown, but uh, uh, able to look at uh, what God, God's Word says with you, and uh, thank you for that. So just if you can... Uh, uh, find the passage, if you've got a Bible with you, that uh, has been read for us already. That's 2 Peter chapter 1, and uh, the first 11 verses. I want us to fly through this. Um, two weeks ago, we were on holiday. Two weeks last Wednesday, this event happened. Uh, my wife and I, she's very keen on paddle boarding, and uh, we got some paddle boards and uh, set out into the sea on our paddle boards and we're going along really well. We waited for this day, it was a sunny day and the sea looked nice and calm and uh, uh, not much wind either. It was just right, just perfect conditions and she said, well this is going along really well, I'm really enjoying this uh, and uh, well we seem to be going along quite well, in fact too well because we realize that we're being carried along by a riptide and uh, it was going pretty fast and uh, uh, and uh, well we got separated and uh, I went off uh, closer to the shore she got carried out to sea and she was about a mile out to sea uh, and tried to turn around couldn't come back and uh, Thankfully, she's a really strong swimmer and was able to get to some platform. And, uh, well, to put your minds at rest, she was rescued. And she had the ride of her life in a speedboat coming back. So that was great. Good. Turned out well. But uh, uh, so, yeah, she's still with me. And uh, that's good. But not with me today. So don't, don't worry. Don't, don't be anxious all through the rest of this uh, talk. But... <laughs> But it just proves that uh, you've got to keep paddling when there's a current around to keep moving and keep uh, going in the right direction. Otherwise, you can easily be swept along. And uh, like my wife, swept out to sea. And it could have been disastrous, couldn't it? Peter warns us in this passage... Right, I've been given the, uh, Peter, I've been given the uh, thing, so I'll, uh, I'll do that, shall I? In this passage, he's warning about being carried away. Uh, in his first letter, he talks about sufferings, but here in this second letter, he's concerned about false teachers that are come, uh, that are leading uh, them away and leading them astray and uh, he has some terrible descriptions of them in the in the second chapter of this very short letter and what's the remedy for that well in verse 18 there chap this is right at the end of his letter the last couple of verses don't be carried away be on your guard lest you be carried away but grow in grace and knowledge of the lord and savior jesus christ that's Really what he's saying, so that you won't be carried away, keep moving forward, keep growing, keep progressing in your Christian life. 
keep growing closer to Jesus, keep knowing him better. And that's really how he starts off. Uh, and uh, he tells us in this letter, in verse uh, chapter, come back to chapter 1 then, and verse 5, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. He's saying, go forward, keep progressing, keep building yourself up in your faith. And really that's the theme of what I want us to think of uh, this morning. I was doing a, an eldership class with some guys in our last church and uh, I came across this from Alexander Strach. And he said that most Christians stop growing by the time they reach 40. That's pretty startling, isn't it? To think that we can have an enthusiasm for Christ, we can grow in our understanding, grow in our knowledge, grow in our service, and then, yeah, we don't make any further progress after a certain stage. So it's so needful for us, whatever age group we're in, to keep going forward. You know, lockdown uh, can, can make us sort of pull the drawbridges up uh, and uh, settle down and, uh, and perhaps think, well, I've done enough now. And uh, yeah, we're safe. We're okay. Uh, let's, just, let's just jolly along. Let's just pedal along. No, Peter is saying, I want you to keep growing. Because there are currents out there that would lead you astray. So are you growing or are you drifting? Here's what Peter says then. And he says, gives us some great encouragement, first of all. He says, first of all, you've got everything you need. Look at these first few verses. Verses 3 uh, through to 4. His divine power has given everything we need. For a godly life. Do you know I was told by a plumber once. He said don't buy your bathroom. He was going to fit a bathroom for me from B&Q. Because you'll end up. Oh dear does anyone work for B&Q here? You'll end up going back for taps or go back for washers. There'll be something missing in the pack. And he told me where to go and where to go online to get a good set and thankfully all was there well Peter says you have everything you need perhaps these false teachers were saying you're deficient you need something else you need some little extra and so often that's how false teachers come to us they say if only you had this experience or you only had this teaching or only had this uh, grasp this and knew this uh, and uh, well like me then, well, you'd have the real package. You'd have the full, uh, full item. Peter says, you have everything you need. Let's just see what he says here about that. First of all, he says, you've got a faith as precious as ours. He's speaking about him and the apostles, those who'd been with Jesus for those three years, who'd seen his death and seen him rise from the dead, seen him after he'd risen from the dead, were with him those 40 days before he ascended. They had all those experiences with Jesus. And yet Peter says, your faith 
is just as precious, just as special as ours, of equal value, equally precious. That's what it means. How does your faith measure up to that of apostles, Peter and John and James and Andrew and Thomas uh, and the others uh, that were there. I'm sure you know their names because I've forgotten the rest of them. <laughs> Your faith is just as precious. That's an amazing thing. Why? Because God has worked in your heart. He's opened your eyes. He's caused you to be born again. Look at what he goes on to say in verse 4. Through these he's given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. He has worked in your heart. Do you remember how Jesus said to Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you when he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, but my father in heaven. How did we ever believe? If we're Christians, how do we ever come to faith? He worked in our hearts. He did something divine in us. He put his spirit within us. That's an amazing thing. That's what new birth is. He comes to live within us. I'm going to ask you this morning, have you been born again? Jesus said to Nicodemus, to enter the kingdom of God, to see the kingdom of God, you've got to be born again going to be born anew how can this be Nicodemus says and he showed him what he was going to do on the cross he says look there see that grasp that believe that believe on the son of God who loved you gave himself for you and he will work in your heart the new birth uh, that's what and Peter says you become partakers in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires it's not terrorism or it's not uh, drug abuse or it's not people trafficking uh, that is the problem in this world uh, and the politicians or whatever it might be it's the corruption in the world caused by evil desires those evil desires that are within is only he by his spirit can deal with that wash us make us clean and put a new power within us uh, to follow him, make us partakers of the divine nature. That's the first thing, precious faith. He's given us a faith as precious as Peter, just as Peter had believed. So if you're a Christian, he's worked in you and given you that faith. If you're not yet a Christian, he can do the same in you. Call out to him, ask him. And then he's given you precious promises as well. Through these, he's given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. Great promises in the Bible. I love the promises that are there. I wonder if you've got a favorite. One of my favorites is, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's a great promise when you feel very much alone. It's a great promise in lockdown, isn't it? To know that Jesus is with us. Peter's great promise was that the Lord Jesus was going to come again. That's what he was looking forward to, the day of the Lord. He goes on to speak of that in, the, in this letter. 
in chapter 3. You can read the letter this afternoon if you get a chance. Do that. And uh, perhaps the great promise here is that when we believe on Jesus Christ, you have crossed over from life to death. That's what Jesus said. He who believes in him crosses over from life to death and become par come, becomes partakers in the divine nature, escaping the corruption in the world. What a great start you have. What a great foundation you have. Here we are. We're going to face currents. We're going to face that drift away from Christ. We're to keep moving forward. Here's the foundation. He's given you these great promises. He's put that faith within your heart. Are you grateful for that? You've got all you need to grow. All you need to go forward in your Christian life. Let's look at the next section. And... Uh, Peter is saying here, you've got to keep growing. You're to keep growing in maturity. For this reason, he says, add to your faith. Make every effort to add to your faith. I remember arriving somewhere uh, once uh, to a church and uh, to meeting with the people and uh, uh, to preach there at that church a long time ago. And arrived there, uh, and uh, a sad event had happened. One of their elders had died that very morning of a heart attack, prematurely. He was only about 60 years of age. And that was quite a shock for that congregation. But one of the other elders said to me about this man, he died climbing. That doesn't mean he was uh, on a wall, a climbing wall, or that he was up Snowdonia or something like that, and... Uh, Climbing a mountain. He meant by this that he died still going forward. Still making progress. Still growing as a Christian. That's what we're to do. Check yourself. Think back. Yeah, it's very easy to think of markers in our lives at the present time. We can think of before lockdown, during lockdown, after lockdown. What about your life, your Christian life? How's it been? How's it compared to before lockdown, during lockdown, since lockdown? Are you making progress in your Christian life? Are you growing? So Peter says, here's the challenge, add to your faith. It's a great word. Build or strengthen, or perhaps the better rendering of that is, invest it was used of sponsors for the greek dramas uh, when they sponsored a play that would go on tour uh, and that would be sacrificial uh, that would involve cost expense peter is saying put every effort in put expense in invest your life in this this is all important see this is vitally important for you uh, as a Christian. I remember when uh, we had an extension built on our house years ago. Uh, we had quite a few children and uh, we had to extend our house because of that. And uh, 
we had the builder come along and yeah put the foundations in and uh, we'd gone on holiday for that so we escaped all that mess but then uh, he started on the brickwork first of all the breeze blocks went in that was the inner course and that seemed to fly up very quickly but then the outer course was brick and that was brick by brick row by row line by line course by course it seemed to take a long time it had to be steady continual growth and he ran overtime and uh, we could have done with uh, was it Adam and Laura the structural engineers sort of urging him on or something like that and uh, well there we are that's another story but uh, that's how our Christian lives go on it's right through all the way through our Christian lives and, and Peter speaks of these different qualities these seven qualities you can see them on the screen there uh, and uh, he's saying you need the whole package you can't have a hole in the wall as it were when you're building can you you can't leave bricks out every brick is important every single building block is important every one of these qualities is important and it's like if you had an orchestra uh, and uh, you couldn't have say the the strings missing and and so well you just uh, uh, sort of on a, on a kilter aren't you, you you've got a different uh, a balance to, to your orchestra in, the, in that case you need the whole package the whole lot uh, it's not a is it's not a ladder well you add add to your faith uh, goodness uh, and when you've got that then you can go on to knowledge no you need all of these qualities in your life so build all these things in make sure you've got these things in your Christian life that's what Peter is saying so let's look at these firstly goodness Peter is uh, perhaps uncloaking or defrocking perhaps that's the word these false teachers because if you read about their lives in chapter 2 their lives were anything but good Peter wants their lives, these Christians, their lives to be full of goodness, full of doing good to others. Do you know, in lockdown, stay safe, stay home, and it becomes very centered on ourselves, doesn't it? Self-centered in our living. Uh, and thinking about ourselves, protecting ourselves, watching ourselves and guarding ourselves and, uh, uh, and uh, keeping ourselves to ourselves and, uh, uh, and not linking up too much with others because we don't want to get past the virus on and things like that. We can't just be self-centered in our Christian lives. We've got to be outward looking and doing good to others. Jesus said this, didn't he? that they may see your good deeds. He said that in the Beatitudes. Peter said this in the, his first letter, uh, in chapter 2. First letter, chapter 2 and verse 12, live such good lives among the pagans that they may see your good deeds and glorify God. There's a lovely quote I've got here from John Wesley. Here we are, 
Here's what he said. Do all the good you can to whomever you can, whenever you can, and wherever you can. That doesn't leave much, much other option, does it? Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, every day of your lives, every situation in which you're placed, see what good you can do for another. Not for number one, but for other people. Do all the good you can uh, to whomever you can, whenever you can, and wherever you can. And then knowledge. Not forgetting the truths of the faith, but building on them. Peter's letter is very much focused on remembering the truth, remember the teachings that he's given them. Remember the scriptures, holding to the scriptures. Are you people of the book? Are you a person of the book? By the book, I mean not that you're a bookworm and uh, you've always got your head in a book and uh, you love reading th this and that, but the book, I mean, the Bible. Do you love to get into the Bible? Do you love to read God's word? Do you know I'm finding... I've uh, reached the stage of retirement. And you think, oh, well, you can take life easy now and uh, you can just uh, coast along. I'm finding I need the Bible. I need God's word more and more in my life. We all do. And if we're going to make progress in our lives, we need to build his word more and more into our lives. Understand it the better. And live it out. Put it into practice. Don't be hearers only, but put it into practice in our lives, as Jesus said. And we've got lots of help, haven't we? We've got notes to help us in our daily readings. I love using Explore Notes that really help me in, in my Christian life. And uh, they're books, on the Bi books of the Bible, or commentaries on different books of the Bible you can read. Uh, and you've got great publishers, haven't you? You've got uh, ten of those, and you've got the Good Book Company and so many others. that, And you can look online. You can get them just delivered to you the next day, can't you? Great thing to do, to read things that will strengthen you in your Christian life and share those things with others. Knowledge. And then self-control. Perhaps unlike the false teachers, that were living lives anything but with self-control. They were out of control. Uh, they proclaimed freedom, but that was license to indulge their unchecked lusts. I wonder if you ever tried riding bareback. Horses, I mean. Ever tried that? We went on holiday once with, with our kids when they were small, and... Uh, we were looking after a friend's house in North Wales, up in the hills, and uh, he had a little small holding, and he had some ponies. They had some ponies for their kids, and uh, they'd gone off, and they said, look after everything and uh, ride the ponies when you want. Our kids couldn't be bothered uh, to get the bridle and the harnesses out and the saddles out and to put them on the ponies. They just wanted to ride bareback, chocolate and pain box. That were the, they were the two ponies. But the trouble with that is you just have to go where the ponies want to go. 
They're unbridled and they'll lead you where they want. And that's really what Peter is saying. I don't want you to be like that with your desires unchecked, not steered, not governed, but rather to steer yourself in the right direction with self-control. That's so important, isn't it? Because there are so many influences, so many tides, so many currents that can carry us away and carry us away from Christ because they'll feed our minds with things that are unhelpful and unhealthy. What you watch and feed your mind on will take you in that direction unless it's checked. That's what Peter is talking about there. And then this perseverance, and perhaps a better word is steadfastness. I wonder if you can think back to when you first became a Christian. Uh, and uh, perhaps this is your experience now that sometimes you're full of joy, full of ecstasy of knowing Jesus Christ. Other times you're really cast down and uh, you can go from one thing to the other and uh, uh, it can be full of joys and then full of woes and struggles and sorrows. Peter wants these Christians to be steadfast, not up and down. He wants their growth to be a steady growth, upward. Children grow in spurts, don't they? I know if you've observed that, but uh, suddenly their feet start to grow, and then you know they're going to shoot up, and uh, they're going to need new clothes as well as new shoes. Look out. And uh, you'll, you'll have to dig into your pockets. It's hard, hard, isn't it, bringing kids up? But uh, he wants these Christians to be growing steadily, strongly, uh, with greater and greater commitment. And uh, so many start well, but then they seem to fade or give up. Peter says, continue, keep persevering in your growth. And then godliness. I wonder if you can think, who is all this looking a bit like? It's the Sunday school question. And the answer, of course, is Jesus. Because every answer in Sunday school is Jesus. Is that right? I used to find that. It's all looking a bit like Jesus, isn't it? And that's really what Peter is driving at here. That you might become more godly, that you might become more like Jesus Christ. Do you know, who you become like depends on who you spend time with. You spend time, a lot of time, hang out with a lot of some friends, you'll become like them, won't you? Couples been a long time in marriage, they become quite like each other. Uh, perhaps not looking like each other, but uh, perhaps uh, in ways uh, and uh, in habits. But who are we to become like? Like Jesus Christ, by spending time with him. By spending our lives, living every day of our lives and every moment of our lives as much as we can, as far as we can, with him. That's so important. Boys and girls, here you are. I've got something to show you. 
If you're with me, here we are. Look at this. Guess what this is? That's a key, yep. Yeah. But this is oh, the blue thing on the end. It's a torch, that's right. That's right, if I press the button, I'll get it to light up. There we are. Can you see that? Nice and bright. Think it's battery powered? How do you think that's powered? Any ideas? Yeah. Yeah, bright spark. Solar powered. Solar powered. So I put that in the sunlight, as I did this week, and it charges it up. That's a bit like us, isn't it? The more we're in, not the sunlight, but in the light of the sun, the son of God, the more charged our lives will be and the more we become like him. And then Peter moves on, brotherly affection. That's better than perhaps our NIV of mutual affection there. Brotherly affection, I like that better. Uh, we're in a brotherly sisterly relationship with each other. I wonder if you've got brothers and sisters. Do you care about them? Do you look out for them? I hope you do. Uh, do you defend them, protect them? Do you do all you can in kindness for them? Especially when it's their birthday. Because don't forget, they'll buy your birthday present as well. You hope. Self-absorbed should never describe a Christian, should it? Unkindness should never describe a Christian. We're to be the opposite of those things, looking out for one another, caring for each other, sharing with each other, showing kindness to each other. That's what Peter is calling for here. Brotherly affection and then love. That's more than just this mutual affection, brotherly kindness. He's appealing for the very love of Christ to fill our hearts more and more. How do you get to love other Christians more? I think by spending time with Jesus, looking at his love for you. Marvel at his love for you. That you've escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. That you there in verse 8, you've been cleansed from your past sins. And the more you see that, the more you love him and love his people. Who've also been cleansed from their sins. And owe everything to his grace. Well, are you growing? Are you adding to these things, uh, to your faith? Putting them into practice in your life. Working them out. Working them into your character. And then working them out in actions in your lives towards others. That's what Peter's calling for. Growing. Steady growth in your Christian life. Going forward. Not drifting not carried away with currents, with tip riptides and so on. Going forward with Jesus. I remember once when, if you know Leicester, and it's only 40 miles down the road, and you've got a good road down there now, there's a fantastic shopping centre they've opened called the Shires that's now, they called it now High Cross because they made it even bigger. It was massive when it opened as the Shires. And in that, they've got these fantastic elevators, uh, these escalators that uh, go down, you know, the moving staircase. Came 
sort of closing time. They shut it all down at night. So I thought, well, here's my opportunity. All the crowds are gone. There was hardly anyone there. And I thought, I'll climb the down escalator. You ever tried doing that? You've got to keep moving if you're going to do that. If you stand still, you'll go backward. And that's like the Christian life. Stand still and you'll go backwards. You'll get carried away by the current. Keep moving forward. That's what Peter is driving at here in this passage. What well, a last thing. A great motivation. A great reward uh, that Peter describes here. He says three A's for you. You'll be abundantly fruitful. You'll have assurance. And you'll have amazing hope. There in these last few verses, verse 8, you'll have, first of all, abundant fruitfulness. Instead of being ineffective and barren, as he describes here, ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge, he's talking in gardening terms here. If you're a gardener, you want your garden to, to bloom, don't you? You want the fruits to come and the veg to grow. Uh, and uh, it's terrible that it's blighted and withered and not growing. Peter says if you do this, if you add to your faith in this way, your life will be fruitful. There'll be the fruits of the Spirit. And as well, you'll have an impact on others. You'll see those fruits developing in others that, that you're touching. As you seek to witness, as you seek to share with your Christians, brothers and sisters. That's a glorious thing, isn't it? Fruitfulness of life. Not, not a stagnant pond that just takes all the stuff in. I don't know if you've ever looked at the Dead Sea uh, in, in geography and, uh, uh, and uh, all the minerals get washed down into that sea from the Jordan River and from the hills around and the rivulets around there. And uh, there's no outlet from it. All that happens is that water evaporates. So because there's no outlet, all the minerals just get concentrated. The salt, gets, salt concentration gets greater and greater and greater in the sea. So you, you, can't, uh, you, you can't, can't but float on, on the water of that sea. I think uh, something's happened here. That's great. Thank you. Thank you very much, Carl. Next thing. Yeah, so be a blessing. Don't just seek blessing, but be a blessing to others. Second thing, assurance. Here's what Peter says. Make every effort to confirm your calling and election, verse 10. And he refers back to how we've been cleansed from our past sins. What God has done in us gives us great assurance. It's his work in us. And as we add these things into our faith, uh, we'll have assurance that we are the Lord's. We can so easily become proud and think that uh, we are what we are, not by the grace of God, but by our entertainments. Remembering that we've been cleansed from our past sins 
gives us assurance of his amazing grace to us. That, yeah, we're such terrible sinners, but his grace is just so absolutely amazing towards us. And we owe everything to him. We're dependent on him. And then the amazing hope that we have. Verse 11. Here's what Peter says here. You will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Instead of being short-sighted and blind and not seeing what's ahead, Peter says you'll have clear sight looking forward to what's ahead of that welcome into his kingdom. I love these words. I'm looking forward to this. A rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus himself spoke of this, of welcoming people into the kingdom on that final day. Nero was uh, the emperor at the time when Peter wrote this, and uh, he sometimes waned in his popularity with the people. And so he would try and make himself more popular. And he did this once by running a lottery. And the winner of the lottery would get invited to the palace and then given a great feast in the palace. And added to that, Nero would give them great gifts, or perhaps a chariot, or perhaps slaves, or perhaps a holiday home by the lake, or something like that. Do you know... We've got even greater blessings and rewards to come. We can look forward to a rich welcome, not to Nero's palace, but to the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's going to welcome us home. He's going to receive us and he's going to richly bless us beyond whatever we deserve. We deserve nothing but condemnation. He's going to bless us because of the inheritance that he's gained for us with his love and his presence and his service as well. There was once a missionary couple and they'd been serving uh, abroad for many years, faithfully, laboring away. And uh, they were coming home in retirement. They arrived and docked on a liner in New York Harbor. But they had to wait on board ship for two hours while President Roosevelt, it was that long ago, disembarked with all his entourage. Uh, and there was the fanfare, uh, the band playing, and there was all the banting out and uh, uh, all the crowd to welcome and see the president. And uh, he went off with a great flourish onto shore, down the gangplank, and uh, then disappeared. Uh, and uh, they folded all these uh, celebrations up. And then the ordinary passengers could disembark, and they picked up their baggage, went down the gangplank. There was no one to welcome them, no one to greet them. After all their years of service in uh, where they'd been living for the Lord. And they found a place to stay, before they carried on their onward journey home. And he felt a bit disgruntled, and his wife could see. 
uh, that he was a bit disgruntled. And he said, she said to him, and it's good advice, if your husband ever looks disgruntled, this is good advice, you need to sort this out with the Lord, don't you? And off he went for a walk in the park. He came back after a little while. And she said, what did the Lord say? You're not home yet. You're not home yet. You're going to get a great welcome. You're going to get an amazing reward that you haven't earned, that he's earned for you. He's going to bless you with in his love and grace. So he says, this is all ahead of you. So keep growing. Keep going forward. Keep paddling. Keep moving on in your Christian life. Keep building to your faith. Goodness and steadfastness and self-control and godliness and brotherly affection and love. Add these things to your faith. And there will be a great welcome for you in his goodness and in his mercy. Well, dear friends, take stock of your life. Where are you at? Let's resolve together. We're going to go forward with Jesus, closer to him, nearer, still nearer, close to your heart, growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, because that's how Peter finishes. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Then you won't be carried away, drifting on the currents that are all around us. May God bless you. Let's pray together. Thank you for your word to encourage us and to challenge us this morning. Thank you for causing Peter to write down these scriptures, inspiring him by your spirit. And thank you that we have these faithfully preserved for you. And Lord, we can read this and it's bang up to date now, today. Here we are at this stage in our Christian lives. And we need to hear this. We need to be encouraged and exhorted to keep growing, keep moving forward, keep paddling on in our Christian lives, to keep adding to our faith, to building these building blocks into our lives and our practice. Grant us, Lord, your grace to do that. Help us always to see that we've been cleansed from our past sins and you've worked in our lives and caused us to be born again. Help us to see those precious promises that we have. And Lord, help us look forward as well to those great rewards that we have ahead of us when we'll see you face to face. Bless each and every one here today and for your namesake. Amen.